0: As the Nationals are struck away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing! Great crossover. Got it. That's Fournier.
1: That's called getting put on skates.
0: Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a whip.
1: The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the DC Crossover, episode number 73 of the show. Happy. Well, we're recording this on a Monday. We usually do the show either on Sundays or Mondays. I know it's not always consistent every single time, but we try to get these episodes out at least by Monday evening so you have something to listen to throughout the week. That is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. You can follow the show on Twitter at the DC Crossover for the main show account and at Cerrone16 for my partner, Mike. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is we finally get to talk some football. I've been teasing it for like a month. Oh yeah, I feel like, I feel like for the past month, I have said, we're going to talk about uh, Washington football team next week. We're going to talk about Washington <laughs> football team next week. And then, you know, the Wizards trade Russell Westbrook and the Nats get rid of the right, entire right. team and all this stuff has happened. Today's the day, Mike. QBs, day. running backs, positional preview we're not even doing a rewind today because the thing with the rewind segment mike i was thinking about this so i was like there's only one team playing so it's like do we it, it works better when there's like three of the teams playing you might miss right. some games here and there exactly but uh, not a whole lot uh, going on besides the nats losing which we'll get to in a bit too but First before off, we get to that, I want to yeah.
1: hear about your 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 weekend. That's why we're recording this on Monday is because you had an anniversary. Oh, so I'm yeah. So I am trying to see if they're. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, no, not <laughs> no, nothing too special. I mean, when you have a, a a little a little one, you can't really do a whole lot uh, as far okay. as like going out and stuff like that. But we um, on Sunday we had the grandparents come over and watch her and we just went down to the old stomping grounds in Fairfax hit up O George's um, in Fairfax in, I don't know what if in the world there. is that oh it's great it's right by a campus it's a university mall it's uh it's like a restaurant and bar um,
1: that's not that's not next to Brian's or something right yeah
0: it's 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 close to Brian's yeah
1: okay yeah i went yeah. to Brian's like twice and uh yeah, all right. Yeah, Brian's. Yeah, Brian's. <laughs> Still standing.
0: I, I, I think it's not anymore. I think Brian's actually oh. is closed now. Yikes. Um, but no, Sorry, Brian. That was the move for a little bit back <laughs> in the day was Brian's Grill. The food was never that great. Um, but uh, <laughs> O George has opened up maybe like three years ago or something. And uh, all right. it's pretty good, man. I mean, it's They got a lot of local beer. They got these little pizzas that are delicious. Um, so I had... Uh, you know, we each got our own little personal pizza and stuff. And so it was just a good time that we walked around the campus. George Mason looks a heck of a lot different than when we were there. All these new buildings and all this crazy stuff. I mean, uh, all these classrooms that I probably never even went in because I skipped all the time. Uh, <laughs> I was a pretty bad student. So, but it was cool. It was cool to be back on campus. I saw the radio station. You know that oh. station well, Mike. Uh, because Mike and I used to do our, our show on WGMU for a long time, for a couple of years at least, uh, on the airwaves there. Even in the summers. Remember, in the summertime, we would come and do the show when like the campus would be empty. <laughs> no one's there. <laughs> Nobody's there. You get a parking spot right in the front row. Oh, it was the best. We would come do, the, do our own show. We would see maybe one person walk by the window or whatever because it was summertime. But, hey, that's where we kind of... You know, I wouldn't say learn the ropes because we had been doing stuff before that. But at the same time, I feel like that's where we really honed our chemistry was those couple hours of shows, middle of summer, uh, you know, just shooting the crap and just talking about food and all the different stuff and doing a nice two hour show. Those I I loved those shows. Those were some really that was back when it was the first pick, right?
1: Right, right. And that's the funny thing uh, when you look back at that show is that the days you couldn't make it in. Like it was a whole process just to get me into the studio, right? Because it was like you had to have a key card and all this kind of stuff. And whenever I went in there, and you know, we've ran boards before, we've done all that kind of stuff. But then whenever I was in there by myself, I'd always bring somebody in, like you know, Danny Noakes, uh, who who does stuff for uh, 106.7 and different things of that nature. Uh, And he also did uh, 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 radio shows in Richmond and did stuff for Virginia Tech and all this kind of stuff. He was in there a bunch of times with me, like two or three times that you couldn't make it. Um, and it was so funny though, because I'd go in there and I've ran boards and different things like that. But then I look at that board and I look at the software that you guys were using and I didn't know what the <laughs> hell I was doing half the time. And it would be like, the best part about that is there was a mute button. Yes. And so you didn't have to adjust your levels half the time. You basically set your levels pre pre-show or whatever. And then you were good to go and you press the mute button. Then you're like, all right, I'm good to go right now. I don't have to keep adjusting. Um, but that's the biggest thing is, you know, during those shows, we had some of the most fun because obviously when we were there, you know, we would just joke about people that were walking by because they just, you know, g- would give us weird looks. And then the, we had a pizza guy and we talked about water and then, then something <laughs> down the street, Einstein bagels and stuff like that. And I didn't go to George Mason, you went to George Mason and you were mentioning Abby before. Um, but I, when I was at Radford going back to that also, right. when I was doing radio, radio free Radford, I remember. From that, that stage, that station. I mean, you want to talk about uh, a, a blast in the past? That now that station compared to WGMU was literally in like an apartment, and it was like one board and one like computer from 1976, and it was the worst setup. I remember ever.
0: calling into that show quite a few times. Uh, oh yeah, and joining Radio Free Radford. God, that is so funny. Yeah, the yeah. old college radio days, and I'm. I'm unfortunately, I don't even know if they're having the people back in the studios right now just because of COVID and stuff in such a confined right, space. Right. So, But it was still cool to see. I mean, they still have the same posters on the walls back from when you and I were doing it. They still got the CDs and stuff in there. I mean...
1: What about the goldfish? It, what about Goldie's? I, I don't Gold, think it's changed,
0: old- man. I think it looks the exact same. <laughs> um, I'm talking about the man. Oh, the that, man guy, that, oh that, that guy. Oh, that guy doesn't do it anymore. I don't
1: think. Ah, oh, he's out.
0: Yeah, there was a that was a weird thing. So with the radio station, it was it was for students, but there was no like rule prohibiting an adult coming in and doing a show. <laughs> and I don't even know. I wonder if he had to like pay for that or what. But um, but it was a situation where there was a guy that yeah did like a. Uh, a music show uh, every week, and he was like a grown adult. He was probably like thirty <laughs> something, and uh, maybe even <laughs> older. And he would—he was our lead in, right? He would do the yep. show before ours, <laughs> so yep. we'd go from like gold, g- the goldfish, whatever, and then it would be our <laughs> the first pick. And uh, we always, you and I, just. Casual little hello uh to him every time he would always kind of be ca- have great show guys try to sound cool and just yeah have, have a
1: great show everybody um, <laughs> he had a ponytail and everything that guy was yeah that that was that was something
0: that is hilarious <laughs> to think about um but yes, the old radio days, and look at us now, we are on the contender. Uh, you, you almost kind of radio-esque in a way. We're not doing it live, of course, but we have done a live show on the Contender. But uh, we want to remind you, you can follow us. Uh, the show. You can download the Contender app, the Contender app yeah. on, the, on uh, the Apple Store, and you can literally pull up our show automatically and the podcast and all that sort of stuff. But you pull it up, you open the app, and that's Contender with a K, by the way. And uh, you can listen to the show live. And our show typically airs... Obviously if you're listening to this show you're already listening to it but if you didn't catch the podcast and you want to you're like hey I'm just looking for something to listen to at noon on Tuesdays feel free to pull up the app you can also check out the live content and if you're into Chicago sports there's some Chicago programming too so um yeah that just makes reminded me back when oh, yeah. we did the live show with the contender made me think of the old radio days
1: Oh, yeah. And, and, and the best part about the app is that basically they're going to be revamping the app because they're, it's a work in progress. Right. They just wanted to say that, hey, you guys can you know promote the app if you guys like to now, but we're revamping it. We're restructuring the whole entire thing. So it's in the beginning processes, but you can actually go on, like Ben said, and download the app. Get them some download numbers, which is nice. And like you said, you can listen to Bill Rowland's show live. And it's a lot easier because during our live shows, the couple that we did, people were listening uh, through the computers and stuff like that. So it's always kind of difficult when you're bringing some honky computer out and trying to, you know, Move the mouse so the screen yeah go dark or like and all even trying to stream
0: it on your phone like through the Safari like web browser right. and stuff it just was a little more clunky now it's super easy you just download the app it's mm-hmm. Contender with the K um and uh, and it's and yeah I mean it's something I've I've even and we're you know we are on the Contender but even I've pulled it up and listened to some other stuff um occasionally during yeah. the week so uh, plenty of ways to devour this show, this content that we bring you. And uh, yeah, a lot to talk about on today's episode. As we mentioned, we are going to get into some positional preview stuff with the Washington football team it's, uh the first uh, game, the first uh, preseason game is this Thursday as we are yeah. recording this, which is crazy that it's already here. I mean, th- the fact that it goes like training camp starts and then preseason games and it's like all right here we go and there's only what three preseason games this season and then yep. they get into the season so it's going to be here sooner than you know which
1: i'm about. glad to have yeah, by the way i yeah, did not we, want we four i mean it's it's ridiculous when you see the fourth preseason game and you have guys that are from you know d3 schools that had five thousand fans in the stands out there trying to grab a roster spot and you're just like all right I, why am i even watching yeah. the first five minutes of this game
0: oh yeah like on thursday I mean, you and I will tune in as much as we want on Thursday, but my guess is after the first half, it's going to be kind of like, all right, I think we've seen what we need to see from this game. Because yeah. second half, you're probably not gonna, you're going to see the guys that are fighting for you know practice squad spots and things like that. So, um, we'll we'll obviously talk about that next weekend, and then you know we've got some Nats talk today. We've also got our forecast, our final lap, our money line. trivia. So much to get into. Before we get to the football side of things, Mike, let's talk a little bit.
1: The Washington Nationals.
0: The Washington Nationals. Obviously, we spent a lot of time on them last week talking about the trades and all that stuff. Um, So we're not going to spend a ton of time on the Nats because they're pretty much doing what we thought they would do, and that is losing. They got swept by the Phillies, and then they've lost two of three to Atlanta in the most recent series and now currently are 50 and 62 on the year, nine games back. Mike, did you happen to see uh, Trey Turner's Dodgers debut or see some of the highlights from that?
1: I did see the highlight where they said, oh, the ball was just, I mean, and everyone was going nuts, which is like, I understand that, you know, people were like, oh my gosh, Trey Turner's on our team now in LA and all that kind of stuff. But it felt like that video after I watched it was like so blown out of proportion because I mean, we were used to seeing that from Trey Turner, yeah, you know, him, him booking it to second on a, on a little single through, through the, through the infield or something like that. But like. The ball was out. I mean, they were chasing the ball, and you have a guy that literally is one of the fastest players in the Major League Baseball, just just running around the bases, and everyone's like going crazy. It's like, all right, <laughs> pump the brakes a little bit. You guys have an All Star team out there. You don't have to go crazy just because Trey Turner is on your team right now. Now I understand it's a good thing, but you're gonna be have to forking over a lot of money here in the next two years uh, for him, and you got Corey Seager and Cody Bellinger. I mean, you guys, you got guys littered across that whole entire diamond. They have that need to be paid a ton of money. So unless the Dodgers are going to be forking over that money, they better win this season because they gave a lot of stuff, which we're going to get into now with Josiah Gray and company.
0: Yeah, it seems like for the Dodgers, it's like they're trying to put together this mini dynasty run and then with the full expectation that they're going to have to just be, I mean, at the bottom of their division soon at some point because they're they're not going to be able to pay all these guys. So they won it last year. In all likelihood, they're going to win it again this year. If I mean, it's not a given, though, because, heck, they're not even leaders in their division right now. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a given that they're going to win it all. But if they don't win it all, it's going to be one of those weird super team doesn't win it all situations where uh, that's why baseball can get a little tricky, Mike. I mean, we've seen it with the Yankees in the past where the Yankees buy their way to have a tremendous roster and then still don't win a World Series or something like that. Um, But, I mean, the Dodgers right now four games back in their division to the Giants, which is a team full of, like, I'm not going to say nobodies, but, Mike, I mean, if you had put a gun in my head right now and asked me to name (laughs) five of the starting lineup for the San Francisco Giants right now, I don't think I could do it. And there yeah, are four games not a, lot, not, a lot, not a lot of
1: somebodies. Not a lot of somebodies no. out there. No. <laughs> meanwhile, the Dodgers, yeah, not
0: a lot of somebodies at all. Just bodies. Just bodies. <laughs> just bodies. Uh, meanwhile, the Dodgers, I mean, we probably could name their entire lineup right now because they have right, so many right. studs. And their pitching rotation is unbelievable. I know you're fighting with them in your MLB The Show World series. Or, or are you playing the
1: Astros? Oh no! I, I I told you last night I won.
0: Oh oh oh! Right I, right right right. I got
1: right. I got. I, well, the, I told you that I the Dodgers. I took them to to. I think it was uh six games. And it was, In the a, NL, I mean, it was a. C.S. Yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, was, it was. They won the first two. I I won four straight, which was remarkable. But Hell of a at, at the same time, yeah, yeah, exactly. Then all of a sudden, I played the Astros, and I just you know I, I the last game it was game six. I ended up having 19 hits and beat Oof. them six to nothing and maxed through a complete game shutout. That's so, how you finish a you know, World Series off. <laughs> feeling pretty, feeling pretty good. But now I have to do all that offseason stuff. Oh yeah, yeah that that's, the that's, that's the worst.
0: That's the worst. but yeah, I think it's 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 kind of it's weird to see Trey Turner. Am I like? broken up about it? Am I crying into my pillow every night about it? Yeah. No. I think we're over it now. I think it's like, hey, look, this guy's on another team now. We treasured his time here. Let's move on. And and let's try to focus on some guys that we have now. And you mentioned Josiah Gray, um, who, you know, has... If you look at some of the stats from the last week of games, um, I mean, out of all of our pitchers, Mike, uh, Josiah Gray has some of the best stats from the week. I mean... Right. Ten innings pitched and two starts, eight hits, two earned runs, 12 Ks, and four walks. I mean, and that's, that's, that's between two games. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, the Ks were working for him, especially in the most recent game, and uh, he's been fun. It, it brings his team, everybody complaining about, oh, there's no, no good product on the field to watch, and I don't know any of these guys, blah, blah, blah. We'll get to know them. Because this is the future of the team now, and you're going to have to root for these guys if you want to call yourself a fan. And there's a couple young studs that are coming up through the ranks with Josiah Gray being one of them where this is a guy you can root for. He's young. He's a fireballer. He brings a little attitude on the mound. I mean, you know him and then when Kiebert Ruiz gets brought up, the catcher prospect who's number one in our system right now, these are guys that get to know, get to know, because they're the future of this franchise.
1: Yeah, and Josiah Gray, seeing his first two starts, I think his first start, at least in a Nationals uniform, was a little bit, not really shaky, but it was five innings. You it was know, he fine. An, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it, it was just it, it, okay. It wasn't it, it only, a
0: Strasburg Pirates debut. Yeah, exactly. You know, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, he doesn't have the the, the prowess of a Strasburg right, right. coming out of college and all that kind of stuff. But you look at it and say, okay, this guy is going to be one of the pitchers for the future, just like you mentioned. But looking at his second start, he got a little more comfortable. And you see him go out there against a Braves team and fan 10 guys. That's what you want to see from a prospect that you traded for. And that's the one thing, like you mentioned, about some fans that are still salty about the product and all that kind of stuff. Who cares? We're not going to win this season anyway. You think that when we traded uh, Max and Trey, you think we're going to w- somehow say, oh, you know, you know, we, ha- we might have a shot. You know, we had a <laughs> shot before we blew five, uh, you know, one-run leads uh, in, okay. in the last three innings of the last and, six games. And
0: lost to the Orioles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you're looking at it and saying, okay – we understand if, you know, you want to have a product on the field and all that kind of stuff, blah, 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 blah whatever. But you think Jan Gomes was going to win this team a World Series by, with his bat? No. Jan I think Gomes. That when, yeah, Jan Gomes <laughs> uh, going home. Uh, so when you're when you're looking at uh, Josiah Gray just in, in, in his two starts that we've seen, you need to know who this guy is. Right. Just like that's yeah, exactly what you just said. You need to know who this guy is. You need to go out there and see other other guys that they're going to bring up, like a Ruiz and so on and so forth. Because, I mean, look at Riley Adams. We just traded for him, and he hit a two-run bomb. Yeah. I, mean, that's, I mean, yeah, he's, he went one for eight, but they still hit a two-run bomb. And that's the big, the biggest thing that you look at is that some of these guys, they're still developing. So, okay, yeah, they might not be, you know, all-stars or something like that. You're not, not going to compare them to Trey Turner right now. But you have to start understanding that this team is in a retooling year, and they have to make sure that these guys get playing time and get developed so they can have a product on the field that everyone is so coveted to have right now. Because, obviously, when you're looking at... this team the roster is not a Dodgers roster it's not even a I would I would even put it that's not even a Giants roster Who we don't even even know who's starting for that barely
0: (laughs) it's not even like a triple-a Dodgers roster at this point
1: (laughs) that's right but overall you're looking at Josiah Gray and I just think that that 10k performance against a team now again I don't know exactly the injuries for the Braves I know the Braves aren't so riddled with injuries obviously Acuna's out but at the same time, that team is still pretty damn good. Yeah, with they're the bat. still
0: they're still fighting for a division right now.
1: Exactly. So you see ten Ks, and you have to be really, really excited about that start. Yeah,
0: I, I am, and I think it's promising. I mean, look at these other pitchers we're having to watch. I mean, I'm not getting excited about Eric Fetty's starts. I'm just not. I'm not getting excited. i mean, Patrick Corbin's been absolute yeah. garbage, and everybody's trying to make excuses for him. I know Zimmerman, who. You, you, obviously, you're going to defend your teammate, and you're going to be behind your guy. So it's not, I'm not like mad at Ryan Zimmerman for saying it, but he mm-hmm. would said like, "Hey, this guy kind of ga- we," ab- he said. I think his words were, "We abused him to win a World Series, basically. Like we used Patrick Corbin in so many different positions and relief, and in, in all these different sort of spots where maybe he got messed up from that." I don't believe that to be the case because I think that was two years pitcher. ago, and <laughs> and Corbin is should be able to get back on track two years later. But whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's really nobody else to be excited about. So yeah, I'm going to be excited about Josiah. By the way, I want to inter-
1: inter- I'm interrupt you real yeah. quick about the Patrick Corbin thing. Then sit him down for the rest yeah, of the season. Yeah, exactly. Let him rest. You're not going to win, so why don't you go have him go out there and pitch like a start for maybe four innings? Let him yeah. go four innings or something like that. Then shut him down. No matter if he's hitting a no hitter or not. I mean, let's be honest here. You look at him, and if he's having this this type of ruined season career thing, whatever Zim is trying to say, then sit him down and let him say, hey, Next year, let's just have some more starts for uh, whoever they want to bring up, like you know whoever they want to have in, in next in the rotation. But now, I mean, you have a pa- Paola or pa- Paolo Espino, yeah. who's thirty nine thousand years oh, old yeah. out there, who was in the bullpen. Now all of a sudden he's starting every fifth day. He had like two good starts, and now he's letting up six earned runs, and, and he's oh, letting up more runs than he is pitching. It's so just bad. Like, it's oh, so bad. Oh my god.
0: I mean, uh, I'd say the only guys that I'm excited to watch get on the Hill right now are Joe Ross and Josiah Gray. Right. Um, the two Joes. They, uh, they're they really the only guys where I'm like, all right, I feel pretty good about this. Um, you know, I feel like they give us a chance to win. Uh, all these other guys, really, it's just it's just tough. It's tough to watch. And I say that as a guy who watches all the games because... Again, I've got a four-month-old. I'm not really going out and doing anything else. So I might as well watch the games. And some right. of the nights, it's just tough, man. It is tough. Uh, other notable stat lines from the past week. I mean, <sighs> Carter Keyboom. yes. Mike, is, is he having a nice little run here? 8 for 26, 308 average, couple bombs, 6 RBI. I want everybody to pump the brakes a little bit, though, because let's just remember the whole sample size thing. And Carter Keyboom's l- much larger sample size is still not great. Um, people are starting to get excited about him. Would I love if he does turn into okay? Hey, this guy's finally figuring it out. Of course, I'm not gonna like hate on the guy if he mm-hmm. does figure it out. I'd love for him to be our future infield piece because he is so young. Um, you know, if he could be the everyday third baseman or or whatever shortstop, whatever the situation ends up being, like I would love that. the The fact of the matter is that we need more time before we make that sort of decision. This has been a great run for him, though. I, I'm I'm happy for him. I mean, slugging right. 577 and and driving in runs when nobody else is really driving in runs. Mike, Juan Soto didn't hit any home runs last week. Juan Soto didn't hit any RBIs last week. Uh, Carter Keyboom has pretty much been the offense lately.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing that I was actually thinking about earlier. When I saw our format and I saw the stats that you mentioned on there, Basically, my view on Carter Keyboom now, I agree with the pump the brakes mentality right now because when you look at Carter Keyboom, the sample size, as you mentioned, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth and the thoughts I should say that he does not he does not have this entire plethora of stats that we can go on and say, "You know what he had down a little bit there, but you know he can go back to the first three months that he was on the ball club or whatever you want to reach back at. The first, you know, two months he was playing for the Nats. What was it, two years ago or whatever? He hit one bomb in his opening at bat, and then all of a sudden he went like, you know, one for, you know, nineteen. I mean, he's his still next, a like,
0: career 20- two hundred hitter, two hundred flat. Right. He's almost in the one hundreds, Mike. He's uh, right. two hundred average in one hundred eighty five at bats.
1: Right. So, like you mentioned, pump the brakes on Carter Keyboom, but my optimism says, hey. Now that he's not being forced, he could possibly... Now, I don't know exactly if they're trying to play him third base or shortstop. I think that you said, hey, screw it. Throw him back at shortstop. If we don't have a shortstop right now that's not under the age of 47, then we know we can go out there and put Carter Keebum out there. I mean, that's where he's comfortable. Go out there and put him at shortstop and just let him be free and say, hey, you know how to play shortstop rather than third base. We're not going to keep jamming third base down your throat. Go out there, play some shortstop, and let's see if you can just focus on your bat right now. Because, I mean, the last seven games, he does have pretty decent batting stat line. Sure. The main thing that I'm looking for is, okay, yes, seven games, not a lot of sample size for the average. 308, still pretty solid. You know, he has, does have three walks. The Ks are down, which we, he did have early on. But the biggest thing that I look at is I'm hoping he can possibly – you know somehow by god's green earth go out there and emerge as some type of you know above average shortstop doesn't have to be you know Nomar Garcia Para or someone out there but you're looking at the first thing is his average needs to be at least 275 or higher that's what I'm hoping at. You can't go out there and have Victor Robles for instance and go out there and hit 102 or something like that but so have bad. the best glove in the in, in the major leagues. Yep. That's the biggest thing that we had against Michael Michael A Taylor and 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 so on other guys, so many other guys because Michael Taylor, you know, he would go out there and play one unbelievable playoff series against the Cubs and all of a sudden... That would earn have, him a uh, whole nother
0: season. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one heard his name because re- he kept striking out. Yeah. So I just think that when you're looking at Carter Keboom, like you mentioned, pump the brakes but have some optimism that he can possibly emerge now he's that Now that he's not under the shadow of Trey Turner's stardom.
0: Yeah, and I think you make a great point in that I think some of the pressure's off. I mean, I think we know that this team is not going to contend, so I think uh, you know guys like Keboom, this could serve him well. I mean, Hey, he's got the rest of August and all of September. If he puts together a really good couple months here to finish off the season, uh, you know, I I think this would kind of make Rizzo and, and, and the organization maybe rethink his future a little bit. Maybe they think, hey, all right, maybe this guy actually has a place in the future of this team. Uh, but I, I so I think. If there is a storyline to pay attention to for the remainder of the season, since we know the Nats are out and you're looking for things to watch, I'd say Carter Keyboom is one of those storylines. Can he put together a really solid second half of the season here and possibly put his stamp on a, a possible future with this team beyond you know whenever his contract runs out? So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, other storylines, I mean, I'd love to see... Kiebert Ruiz get brought up at some point here um, in the second half. Again, this team's not playing for anything, so might as well bring him up. Because Tres Pereira is, is, is not great. My, I mean, he's been a, an okay fill-in, but he's still one of those guys that his bat is just never going to get there. Uh, yeah. Riley Adams, I called him big donkey on this program, and you got to see why. The guy, can, <laughs> the guy when he All gets right. a hold, he reminds me a little of like a worse Wilson Ramos, where it was like he's a big guy. And, uh, you know, when he gets a hold of the ball, I mean, it's going to be a tank shot. I mean, that's yeah, that's the situation because right. the guy's so big. Um, yeah. But is he I mean, is he going to be the catcher of the future? I don't know, but it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun yeah. to watch some of these young guys. So
1: Yeah, I, I, looking at the rest of the season, obviously 50 and 62 as we record this, they got about what? 48 something games left or whatever right. or not whatever uh, i whatever the math is i'm trying to do backwards math because they're <laughs> they're on the wrong side of 500 uh it's a little bit so harder I think they got to, 60 so the games left. like that
0: 162 so, games so, and they've played uh, yeah. 50 plus oh, 62 right, right. is yeah, uh, 102
1: go. so yeah Okay, yeah, I think, right. unless uh, I'm
0: wrong. Unless it's 112 and they have 50 games left. I think that's what it is. I don't know.
1: 112. I don't know. I, this whatever. isn't a math I, like show. <laughs> I said, like I said, I'm sitting here trying to do 50 and 62, and I'm trying to do the math. I mean, well, anyway. 50 plus
0: 50 is 100.
1: So 50 yeah. plus 112. 62 is
0: 112. There's 162 games in a year, so they have 50 games left. I think we solved it.
1: Okay, there it is. Uh, 50 games left. So we may these- be
0: two of the dumbest uh, podcast host in existence.
1: I used to be really good at math. But it's too, math.
0: But I'm not. Dumb. I'm, I'm smart on a lot of things, Mike. I actually went to the library today. I checked out some books. Um, what? I, I I love. <laughs> I love. History and things like that. Math yeah. is not my strong suit. It's just never. I was really
1: good suit. at math back. Then. I was really good at math, except for geometry because I just don't care about shapes. Right. Uh, right. But when you're, yeah, except for my body shape. Well, yeah. Um, which you clearly yeah. don't care
0: about either. <laughs> Look-
1: <laughs> 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 Apparently. Uh, but yeah. So looking at these last fifty games, uh I think when you're you're, you're trying to lay out a summary of what you want to see, my biggest thing is Carter Kiboom stats for a bigger uh, role. I guess you could say. Yeah. Victor Robles, see if he can get off the pine Man, and actually He hit. needs to. And that's a, that's another thing, too, is that I think this is going to be a huge, huge deal for Mike Rizzo to say, hey, Victor Robles has one of the best gloves in the entire league. Sure. But he can't hit. Yeah, So y- what are we going to do with it?
0: can't let him in the lineup if he can't hit. He, you got to be able to be a, a, even a half-decent major leaguer uh, yeah. hitter but you can't okay, be we're asking one. for 250 we're exactly. asking for a 250 that's all we're sub asking 200 it's just not gonna work it's not gonna work
1: yeah so i think those two uh, are, are two of the biggest guys that i'm looking for sure. for the rest of the season and also josiah gray's you know continuous yeah. starts and i'm i'm hoping that they also bring up uh somebody else from the minors uh, i mean obviously you know we're, we've been talking about the two big big boys uh down there that they don't want to bring up but they might bring up but who knows i just think that when we have some of these guys in september like the pirates and stuff like that who have no one anymore you can bring someone of those, one of those guys up for them and see if they can you know have a have a four or five inning start yeah but, uh, yeah Cavalli and so and i mean so,
0: yeah it'd be yeah. nice it'd be nice to see him this year uh i don't know if they will just because of
1: the you know like you gotta
0: you don't want to start the clock as far as like yeah, it's true. you know, but at the same time Who cares? Just bring up these guys. Give the fans somebody to cheer about. I mean, whatever. Um, That is the Washington Nationals, and uh, we will uh, give you the uh, schedule ahead a little bit later on. All right. It is finally time. Play the music. The
1: Washington football team.
0: (laughs) The Washington football team.
1: Nice. We finally get to play that sounder. Back to the gridiron.
0: We are doing our positional previews. (laughs) We got quarterbacks. We got running backs on today's episode. We'll be going basically a couple positions each episode uh, from now until the start of the season. And we will start with some of the key positions on the football field, quarterbacks and running backs. So, Mike... We'll start with the quarterback position, as everybody knows. So I'll run through the supposed possible depth chart, and then we'll kind of get into these guys a little bit individually. But um, this is kind of flipped and flopped. But for now, for sure, you can kind of pencil in Ryan Fitzpatrick as the number one. Um, and then the second yeah. spot, that's where I've I've read so many different things. Some people saying, Oh yeah, no, uh, Taylor Haneke's the the number two, and Kyle Allen's number three. In my opinion, at least from what I've read, I think it goes Fitzpatrick, then Allen, and then Haneke, but I I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but that's, that's kind of what I have down here. Um, so, but Fitzmagic appears for now to be the number one uh, QB. They tried to, well, I think we talked about it even on the show, they tried to drum up a possible, it's going to be a QB battle in training camp. No, it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's who's going to be the quarterback this year.
1: Yeah, and I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has to be penciled in as the starter for the entire season if he stays yeah. healthy. Why and else that's would the biggest... you bring him in? you know yeah exactly i mean unless he's out there and having a season where not like last season where he was actually playing well and they still took him out in Miami i mean look at Miami last year he went 4 and 3 okay he had a 68.5 completion percentage he had five more touchdowns than interceptions his qb rating was 95.6 i mean overall when you're looking at his entire stats he actually played pretty damn well. Yeah. I mean, Miami is not this this talent-rided team. I mean, because you look at it, Miami didn't do that well with Tua in the lineup. No. And then they they rushed him in there for no reason after he got hurt in Alabama with the whole entire hip thing or whatever. And then he comes in here and they're like, oh, oh seven games in Fitzmagic. That's enough. We'll put Tua in. It's like, I don't know if you weren't selling tickets or what was going down in Miami because Fitzmagic was having one of his better years because 16 years in the NFL – He's always been the guy that says, I'm going to give my guys a chance no matter what it is. I don't care if I go out there and throw as many picks as Brett Favre. I'm going to go out there and throw the ball up to my teammates who are getting paid to do that. They're getting paid to catch the ball. So when you're looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick over Kyle Allen, who who struggled last year, he wasn't that great last year, his best stretch was with the Panthers. So when you're looking (laughs) at it, why would you put Kyle Allen over over Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heine he's played one and a quarter game or whatever right. it was that one week 17 or whatever it was why would you put him in there now I understand if he goes out there and he somehow wows everybody at training camp and all that kind of stuff but he's not I've heard that he's been struggling. And that's the thing. He's like what, 28 years old or something like that and he's he's only played one start for for this team. Yes, that start was so much fun to watch. The Bucks defense kind of stifled him a little bit, but he kept us in the ball game for the most part. Right. So when you're when you're looking at it, why would you start him over a guy you just start or you just signed for 2 years? which makes no sense. You started, you signed him for two years to be a bridge to the future of this football team's exactly. uh, quarterback position. So why would you start anybody but Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's already out there and everyone's already saying that he's joking around and having a good time with all the guys and stuff. I mean, he's been on, what, 17 teams. I mean, that's so what feels- he brings
0: to the table. He's charismatic. Yeah. He's fun. He's a fan-favorite type of guy. Fitzmagic, man. He's got the exactly. crazy beard. He wears the chains. He's just kind of a goofy guy, but... He's good enough. He's good enough to be a starting NFL quarterback and that bridge guy. I mean, that's the key thing that you mentioned there is he's a bridge guy. He's not obviously – I mean, he's, what, 38? He's not – they're going to use him for these next couple years, and hopefully they can draft or or, or trade for a young quarterback of the future. Um, you know, bring back Dwayne Haskins, why not? Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but, but hey, but think about this though. So, so look at his stats from last year. Yeah. He had 2000 yards, okay? 2000 yeah. yards, thir- 13 touchdowns, and that was in 7, seven games. games. Yeah, in I know. 7 games. If you if you double that, I mean, just just say he misses two games somehow right. or whatever. You, you you double that, that's over 4000 yards. And that's like the new norm for, for high-level top 16 quarterbacks in the, in the league. Yeah. Or at least top 10 at least. So when you're looking at it, we're not trying to have him go out there and be Tom Brady or be a Deshaun Watson or anybody else out there as a pro bowler. You want him to go out there, be competent, Give give the guys some some opportunities, and that's what you're seeing from Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and these type of guys that are out there saying, "Hey, we didn't really have these opportunities in the past. This guy's throwing to me forty times a game. Yeah. I, I've never had that. <laughs> I, I had I had Dwayne Haskins throwing to me. You know, I played with him in college, and he still didn't throw to me <laughs> enough. So you're looking yeah. at it and saying that these guys are actually happy about this.
0: Yeah, be like kind of like how Alex Smith was a couple years back, where it was like, "Hey, look, is he." going to be the best quarterback in the league? No. But is he going to consistently right. give you solid games and distribute the ball and try to, you know, giving your team a chance to win? I think that's what Fitzpatrick could be. He could be a top 20 quarterback in the league this year, yeah. stat-wise. Why not? Um, you know, Kyle Allen, you mentioned, you know, he's a Rivera guy, you know, since he coming over from the Panthers last year. It wasn't great. I mean, the, the one in three, four TDs, one in one pick, 610 yards, um, you know this is just a guy who he's he he's there as a backup option in case something happens with Fitzpatrick but Mike I don't think anybody's getting super thrilled about Kyle Allen
1: well the the best thing you just said there is he's he's there he's, there. he's I, a that's, body that's, he's, he's just a body there he's a, there body, with the he's a yes, body with an arm he's <laughs> a body with an arm he's <laughs>
0: 25 so you know you could in theory you could say oh he still has some room to grow and that sort of stuff but um you know, I think he's there because he's a Rivera guy, honestly. Like, I think that's right. the situation. And then Haneke, another a guy who, great story, fun experience last year with that. But I think that's all it's really going to end up being, Mike, just a great story. Uh, yeah. Now, unless he suddenly in preseason games, Mike just goes bananas and just starts looking like, you know, a, a QB1. I mean, it's it's possible, it's possible that he could be a leapfrog Kyle Allen and be a number two on the depth chart, but I just don't think that's gonna happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, just just looking at the QB position, this is the easiest position to break down, mainly yeah. because of the sole fact that these guys are not, including Fitzpatrick, are not like Pro Bowl-type quarterbacks. Yeah. You're not going to see Pro Bowl numbers. You're going to see inflated numbers mainly because they improved it with Curtis Samuel, Kelvin Harmon's coming back. you got some other guys in the receiving core and also, which we're going to get to in a second, the running backs, which which we'll get to. Uh, the, the biggest thing about these three quarterbacks, these are the guys that are not going to kill you in, in the game. They don't want anybody to go in there, and that's why Alex Smith was so successful with us and with KC and San Fran because he never killed the team during the entire game. Point. So when you look at these guys, they're in there now. Fitz Fitzpatrick might throw picks, like like we said before, he's going to throw picks, he's going to take chances, but that's how you move the ball down the field quickly, and that's why you saw him. He had a game winning drive last year in those seven games, and that's why you saw last year, uh, you know Devonte Parker and, and Mike Kosicki and these guys that are out there for Miami. You know I'm not going to say like I'm a Miami expert because I mean I don't <laughs> think they're like that great are. anyways. Hey, yeah, maybe. Uh, but when you see these guys out there and they're like, well. You know, two is holding the ball too long, and he's not had, he th- throws for 113 yards in a game or whatever it may be. That's why Fitzpatrick had 2,000 yards in seven games because he was throwing the ball up and giving these guys chances. Yes, he had eight picks. You know, you'd, you'd rather not see eight picks in seven games. That's over a pick an average. But you're looking at it and saying, hey, if he's going to throw over 20 touchdowns in seven games or whatever it may be, with Miami, I'll, I'll take that. With Miami. Exactly. And that's the thing. You're going
0: to have better playmakers on the Washington yeah. football team, and I think that's going to give him more of a chance to improve upon those stats. So, you know, the quarterback position, I think we're just going to – I hope we get exactly what you mentioned, where you just get a steady hand at yep. QB, a vet, the guy who's been around the block before. He knows what it takes to win. Um, he's not going to wow you, but he's also not going to lose football games for you, Hopefully. Hopefully, heck, he had a game-winning drive last year in one of those seven games. So he's this. I'm sure he's got plenty in his career. Um, So you know, hopefully, that's another thing too
1: going along with that. So sorry to interrupt you, but that's another thing uh, because I like to kind of go off what you're saying. That's the thing is, yes, he may put us in dangerous situations with short fields and different things of that nature with interceptions or whatever it may be. Uh, but the thing about it is, is our defense is our strong suit. Right, right. So when we go out there and we have, which we're going to get to here defense probably in the next of couple kind of fits
0: with this type of quarterback, Mike.
1: Fits, it fits. He, they it's fits fit. with fits at the, but that's <laughs> the thing. Fits, but that's fit exactly. the <laughs> thing. So when you're looking at it, even even if he takes those chances, he knows, hey, I got one of the top three probably defenses yeah. in the NFL that that can stop these guys on goal line situations and hold them to three points or even get a turnover with Chase Young and Montez Sweat coming off the edge. You never know.
0: And Fitzpatrick's always going to be good for a couple moments in a season that are like viral type moments. Like he, right. either he's going to. Go for like a 20 yard rush or something like that, and, and he's going to stiff arm some guy, or, you know, some, there's going to be a couple. I guarantee this, Mike, that there's going to be a couple moments this year that are going to be the twi- uh, tweets, hashtag magic, oh, yeah. and it's going to be him doing something crazy. And yeah. that's always fun, too, from a fan perspective. We're going to get some right. moments for sure. So, quarterback position pretty much squared away. Running backs, we'll move on to the running backs. You can pencil in Antonio Gibson as the number one back. I think that's that's a given. Um, yeah. you know, uh we'll, we'll get to him a little d- deeper dive there. Number 2, <coughs> JD McKissick is kind of who everybody is thinking you can pencil in it for the number 2 for now. Um I, I would say maybe in pen, you put Gibson, maybe McKissick you do in pencil because, you know, it's still up for debate. And then once you get past McKissick, Mike, it's all over the place. I mean, oh, yeah. Peyton Barber's name is out there. Jarrett Patterson, the rookie out of Buffalo, is out there. Lamar Miller and Jonathan Williams, two older guys that were kind of brought in to com- possibly compete for a spot and see how they do in camp. So there's four guys kind of competing for three for one spot in that third line. Now, you probably hold four running backs, but still, you know, you have – Peyton Barber, Jared Patterson, Lamar Miller, Jonathan Williams, all kind of fighting for some spots there, Mike, underneath McKissick and Gibson. Uh, We'll start with Antonio Gibson. So a guy who converted wide receiver uh, from Memphis uh, had a pretty solid campaign last year for the Skins. Mm -hmm. I mean, not only did he have 170 carries for 795 yards and 11 tids, he also had 36 catches for 247 yards. Which also just kind of shows you the versatility of this guy. Played pretty well in that postseason game, too. Um, a guy who put up crazy numbers in Memphis as far as you know, uh, both receiving and rushing. Uh, just such a multifaceted, dynamic guy who you expect is only going to get better. He's only 23, but six two, two twenty. this is the, the running, the, the, the RB1 for this team this year. And he's somebody that I think you can get excited about for the possible leap he could take for this season.
1: Well, the biggest thing that I was going to mention also with the inflated stats for the quarterback's position, I think that when you look at what football is nowadays, in my opinion, I used to do uh, fantasy drafts um, with uh, PPR leagues and in, in, uh, fantasy football, and I used to always go out there, and my running backs would never be top-tier running backs. They'd always be the Danny Woodheads sure. and, and, and those type of, of caliber backs that go out there. Uh and uh what was the what was the guy um that played for the Lions? Uh who was that one guy that always caught he caught like everything? I forgot who it was. <laughs> um it might not even be for the Lions. I forgot what his name was. Um but you see some of these guys that go out there and just, like, just catch everything that, that comes to him, going kind the of swing passes, and they gain four or five yards almost every single swing pass. Obviously, some of them get blown up. But I think that is the new NFL. Yeah. You don't see Derrick Henry out there. You don't see Peyton Hillis. I'm going to bring his name up for sure. that one great season he had. <laughs> you know, you don't see these guys that are huge just barreling through people. Now – you don't know what um what uh what, what's his what's his face that just came out of um Najee Harris is gonna do uh, for Pittsburgh because that whole entire line is just you know whatever you want to call it uh that them you know basically retooling in Pittsburgh but Najee Harris was that in in, in Alabama so we might see him try to convert to a more pass catching back. But you look at it and say, Antonio Gisbon, I was say Gisbon, uh, Gibson is the basically the future, I think, of the running back position. Yeah. Because you, you can go out there, and yeah, you're not going to go out there and and, and run for over 1,000 yards every single season. But you want a guy that's going to go out there and be multi-versatile when it comes to catching and running combined. And that's why you see him in his rookie season. Yes, he only had, I think he uh, didn't play every season. I think he only played like 13 or 14 games, yeah. um, if I'm not mistaken. But... When you look at his over 1,000 all-purpose yards stat, that is what you want in a running back. Because you know that he can go out there and play third down back if you if you if you're short you know handed at the running back position or you got some nagging injuries or whatever it may be because a lot of the teams nowadays they have that third down running back they don't have Adrian Peterson and again Derek Henry they're going out there and and playing every three downs okay you don't have those type of guys in the NFL anymore so I think Antonio Gibson like you said you can put that in Sharpie that's going to be the RB one no matter what but I think that him going out there and always getting a blow on third down and putting J D McKissick in there, I think J.D. McKissick can, can kind of get more of a darkened shade of the pencil, uh, rather than just like, kind of like a light where you can race it really quickly. Right. Uh, because I think he kind of took that position over from Peyton Barber in camp and also throughout the season. But looking at Antonio Gibson, my last thought on him is I think that now that he has that one development season under uh, you know under wraps. I think this year he might go for uh, either in between 1,000 and 1,500 all-purpose shorts oh, yeah. if, he, if he can stay healthy because now they know what they got out of, out of him. And now they have uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick that's going to spread the field out more with the receivers and have those flat passes a lot more wide open rather than them saying, okay, Alex Smith is going to either dump it low or dump it uh, you know five yards down the field or whatever <laughs> it may be. So, the all, so all front seven is sitting there waiting for that pass. I think now that they have Curtis Samuel, the speedster, and like I said, Kelvin Harmon, Gandy Golden – all these type of receivers out there that have a chance to make the team make an impact. I think now that feel is going to be spread a lot deeper. So now that you see Antonio Gibson you're going to be trying to feast off of that,
0: and you mentioned J D. McKissick. Uh- you know, 27 years old. I believe he turns 28 tomorrow, actually. I was looking at his football reference page. My earlier. dad's birthday's tomorrow, there too. There you go. Your dad and J.D. McKissick. Is J.D. McKissick actually your dad? That's the question. 60s um, in, so. in the NFL. I'm, old, I'm older than McKissick. <laughs> Out of Arkansas State. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, last year, 16 games, 7 starts, uh, 85 carries for 365 yards and a t- uh, touchdown. 80 catches for 589 yards and 2 touchdowns as well. I mean, just a, a a decent second running back in the system, a guy that can, yep. as you mentioned, kind of spell Gibson every now and then. Um, also has the ability to catch passes from Fitzpatrick. Uh, so I think there's a lot to like. At JD McKissick, guy who's been in the system and that sort of thing. So no, uh, another guy that's just not—he's not, not going to blow you away or anything, but I think he could be d- a dependable number two running back on this team
1: for sure. JD McKissick, I think, is the is the X factor when it comes to third downs because when you see his stats. His main stats are catches. When you have 80 catches, now, again, just like I mentioned, Alex Smith near the end of the season, just dumping it off left and right. So he would go out there and get four or five catches a game. But when you're, you're not going to see him get 80 catches this year, I don't believe. I, I don't think he's going to probably get even 50. But I think when you go out there, he's going to be that guy that might get two to three catches that extend drives. So I think J.D. McKissick is going to be a very, very comparable back to Antonio Gibson to give him a blow on third, on third down uh, and so on and so forth. Um, and he, I don't think he's going to play a lot of special teams. I think uh, Peyton Barber and, and, and whoever – other running back that might make the team might be in that camp. Um, but I think overall, I think Jaden McKissick, just like you mentioned, he's not going to be a starter, but he's definitely going to be a very comparable number two. Still got nice uh, uh, age to him at like you said, about 28. He's not going to be on the wrong side of 30 and stuff like that. So I think um, that short, stocky type of running back is good uh, because of the elusiveness when it comes to in the flat and different things like that. Uh, checkdowns. But uh, Antonio Gibson, honestly I didn't even know he was 6'2", by the way. yeah, uh, I, just, I I just, When you mentioned that, I was like thinking about that for a second. Now looking back at J.D. McKissick, only at five ten, I didn't know Gibson was six two, so that actually kind of goes along with my point where it's kind of like, McKissick's like like a Frank Gore type of guy, but he's more of a pass catching Frank Gore, which Frank Gore is more of a running type. But I think overall it's a pretty decent one two punch. You're not going to turn heads, uh, you know, with with a depth chart like that, but they're they're going to be very very productive, I think, this year as a tandem.
0: And then after McKissick, you get a couple guys that are are, are possible names. I mean Peyton Barber, who's already been talked about here, twenty seven years old. Speaking of you know, stocky frames, five eleven, two twenty five. I mean, uh, I'm around. I'm not. I'm not two twenty five. I wish I was, but you know, I'm, I'm getting down there towards Peyton Barber weight. Uh, sixth season out of Auburn. Last year, played sixteen games, two starts, ninety four carries for two hundred fifty eight yards and four touchdowns. Also had four catches on the season as well. Uh, you know, he's going to compete. Be competing with guys like Jared Patterson, twenty one year old rookie out of Buffalo. Uh, who had some pretty decent years there in Buffalo, especially his senior season. 141 carries for over a thousand yards, 19 touchdowns, 52 touchdowns in total in his three years at Buffalo. Um, and then Lamar Miller and Jonathan Williams. Anything of note of these four guys that you think is important for us to know? I mean, uh, you know, obviously a guy like Lamar Miller is a little bit older. He was brought in as, hey, you know, let's get some veteran uh, blood in the mix too to back up some of these other younger guys, maybe uh, compete for a spot. And then Jonathan Williams, who actually played five games for Detroit last year, uh, didn't really play much. Uh, So, you know, do you expect it to be – A Peyton Barber automatically kind of getting that three spot and maybe Lamar Miller or somebody at four? Or do you think it's going to be more of a competition where really any of these four could kind of slide into different spots?
1: I think on the opening roster, Barber's going to make that third running back slot. But I think Jarrett Patterson, being his age and also um, kind of having the same body type for the most part as Barber and McKissick, I think that he's going to be on the practice squad possibly. Um, because of the sole fact that he's, he's young and obviously he needs a little bit more work because yes, you're playing at Buffalo. Uh, you know, that program is not, you know, when you, look, I mean, really Memphis isn't a huge program either. So I can't say that about Gibson, uh, but Buffalo, you know, yeah, you can have a thousand carries or a thousand yards rushing. But when you also look at his stature and his, like, he's only five nine, one ninety five. 195 MLB run, or not MLB <laughs> NFL uh, NFL, I was gonna say run, uh, something else. um, NFL linebackers are going to eat him up. So that's the thing is you have to kind of transition your game. Jarrett Patterson has to transition his game. And he might, you never know, he might transition his game, now being 21 years old, into, again, like I mentioned, the future of the NFL, in my opinion, is the pass-catching running back. Okay, Danny Woodhead, like I said, Danny Woodhead, Rex Burkhead, um, basically all basically the Patriots. Any Patriots, Patriots yeah. As I was saying, yeah. yeah. Any Patriots running back, basically, who who led the forefront of changing that position is now what Jarrett Patterson has to go off of, I think. Because you're not going to run for 1,000 yards when you're 5'9", 195. No. When you're not even going to cross over the 200 threshold, th- that's just not going to happen, in my opinion. So probably so when more you look practice at it, squad work for yeah. him. So and Lamar Miller, you said yeah the same thing about okay you need some veteran leadership, but he's on the wrong side of age now when he's thirty years old and stuff like that. And Jonathan Williams, obviously, he's twenty seven, six foot two, seventeen, he might sh- turn some heads somehow, but I don't think he's going to do anything uh, for this team. So obviously, you bring in guys to you know it's kind of like a tryout. You say hey, you know we got some spots out here to, to take, and especially right. the running back position where you're looking at guys this get hurt position, all the time. Yeah. yeah, It gets exactly. They get her all the time. And also, this position for this team is one of the, quote-unquote, weaker positions when you look at the depth. But uh, overall, I just think that, you know, I think Barber and McKissick are going to be the two backups, uh, McKissick leading that. Gibson's going to be the starter. And I think Jarrett Patterson, with his age and hopefully – his uh, his, uh, his prowess when he comes out of Buffalo, maybe he can have that, that extra grit and urge to, to show and prove something and become a part of this team on the practice squad or something like that just in case somebody goes down. But we'll see what happens. But overall, I think that Lamar Miller and Jonathan Williams are probably on the outside looking in. Yeah,
0: I think uh, Jared Patterson will be a guy that we will pay attention to the uh, preseason games and kind of see when he gets a shot and see – you know see how he looks cuz you're right his size and that's just what he's listed at right now 5'9 195 maybe he put on some weight or anything like that i sure hope so because i think like you said i mean nfl linebackers could definitely uh eat him up uh we next week we'll get into the wide receiver tight end and as well as some offensive line uh and then The best part will be the fact that we go cover all the offense and then we'll eventually get into the defense side where it's going to get fun because the defensive side of the football is where this team is going to just just dominate and have a lot of fun this season. Uh, Look ahead on uh, for the this week for the D.C. teams. The Nats have three games at the Mets and then three at home against the Braves a lot of division games here lately Washington football team as I mentioned preseason game at the Patriots on Thursday at seven thirty 30 p.m uh, so we'll be watching that and then the Wizards do have some summer league games their game the other day was canceled because of COVID uh, but they do play tomorrow evening as we're recording this on Monday against the Kings it's a late one 10 p.m they also play the Nets on Thursday and then Sunday against the Bucks just a chance to check out guys like Corey Kispert and some of the young guys on the team and I mean, I was watching the Pistons and Kate Cunningham last night. Um, and so Summer League is good for that, where you don't really take all the stats and the wins and losses into consideration because it's Summer League, but it's a good time to watch some of your young guys and see little flashes of what they may have. Um, so for the Wizards, it will definitely be taking a look at uh, guys like Isaiah Todd and, and Corey Kispert and just kind of seeing, okay, yeah, this, we, we did a good job. We drafted these guys that have some talent. That's, that's the hope. Right, like. right. It's time for the final lap. 90 seconds on the clock. Mike's thoughts. Here we go. Mike's favorite golfer, Bryson DeChambeau, put up a 74 in his final round after shooting a 63 on Saturday and was in contention. Then he dropped into a tie for eighth place, Mike. He continues to struggle.
1: He's overrated and a D-bag. <laughs> the <laughs> Chiefs are currently
0: the Super Bowl favorites i think they were favored over the bucks by like you know uh, one and a half or something one and a half points or something i mean it's close but the chiefs right now super bowl favorites mike
1: i mean you have to give them the props they deserve because they've been in the super bowl two straight years so overall i think that's the right choice
0: arizona cardinals first nfl team to put a sports book in the stadium
1: I want to become a Cardinals fan now, alongside of of my WFT. (laughs) Uh,
0: Messi, one of the greatest soccer players of all time, bids a tearful goodbye after 20 years in Barcelona.
1: I'm a CR7 fan, so I could care less about Lionel Messi.
0: (laughs) Isaiah Thomas, former Washington Wizards point guard, scores 81 points in the crossover pro-am in Seattle on Sunday, Mike. What the hell is that? (laughs) The crossover (laughs) pro-am? You weren't following that? No, uh, I, it wasn't
1: on my radar, that's for sure. Well,
0: 81 points is still 81 points, so got to give him a little that's bit of props. Maybe he earns himself an uh, a NBA contract. We'll see. And then the U.S. captures the most gold medals in the mm. Olympics, just barely edging out China, I believe. Yeah. Um, so got to be happy about that. Mike, we're still number one. Proud to be an American. Dominating. The Olympics also shout out to the men's team for as much crap as that team took. Um, for some of the losses they had, Mike. Right. I mean, you got to hand it to them; they won the gold medal, and and it was a tough okay. road. I mean, there's some really good international teams like France and things like that. So, um, shout out to the the men's basketball team for still proving that even our even on our worst day, we're still better than every other country at basketball. <laughs> did, did,
1: did, did my did my boy Luca win the bronze?
0: I don't. I didn't. I, I was paying that much attention. Me, I just, me either. I just me know the, the the how the <laughs> men's team was doing, but. Um, but yeah, I mean I was thinking the other day, I was like, imagine if they put like football in the Olympics or something like that. They just can't. Yeah, they ev- couldn't everyone's saying that, that. Stuff, yeah. you know, like you couldn't do that. I mean, baseball's one thing and where the problem with the baseball is it's during especially with the Summer Olympics, it's during right. the major league season. So they if you go back and look at the the baseball team that US field it's pretty funny cuz they've got like Edwin Jackson and they've got all these guys that are kind of past their prime um and then a bunch of young guys that people have never heard of and they actually were doing pretty well at times I don't I don't think they
1: won the gold or anything but uh, they they won uh silver cuz they Japan beat them Oh, that's what it was. Moment. Okay, I did see that yep, headline. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I was trying to think of any other sports that aren't currently in the Olympics that we would probably just dominate but I think it's all those big ones. I mean, I think football or um yeah what else i mean ho- hockey's already in the olympics in the winter olympics and that's always kind of a mix because obviously russia's always great at hockey you got yeah, canada canada i mean that's a, that's a tough one to win uh, by the way, Little League World Series is starting up, Mike. Oh, uh, I, I I occasionally will tune into that every now and then. I mean, it's 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 kind of. I see fraught. it on. I will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not something I seek out, but it's like if I'm flipping around and I'll see like, all right, Las Vegas is playing California or something like. that, I'll be like, all right, that's kind of cool. Or you check out some right. of the international teams where they're like, all right, this kid from the Caribbean is like six <laughs> ten and just throwing <laughs> one hundred and five off the Little League mount. Uh, it's always I might put that in some
1: of my picks If that's not illegal Oh,
0: I think you can, yeah, put them in the picks I still say one of my favorite video games ever uh, I, That I have is Little League World Series Video game for the PlayStation 3 It's pretty great you basically No royalties play, off that one You basically play like MLB The Show Where you play like a season And then like you play the regionals And then you play in the Little League World Series It's one of my favorite games of all time Do you get, do you get to choose where you're at yeah, and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, you can be an international team Or you can be, you choose a region and uh ah, so you could be like okay. a DC team or whatever. It's it's pretty fun. Um, no, they're just, never, they're never there. Just so. a little side <laughs> note there. Uh it is time <laughs> for some trivia, I believe. Let me find yes, it the is. music here. And there it is. All right, a little there bit of is. trivia time.
1: Okay. Off air, I told Mr. Simpson that uh It's hard to find non-WFT slash redskin questions. Right, right, right. Um, So this one he might get very, very quickly. We'll see. We'll see. I mean,
0: I I never want to boost myself up too much because I've gotten plenty of things wrong in my life. So while I may get this mic, I may screw it up. So we'll see. Okay.
1: Well, well, we're going to go on uh, the... uh, I don't even know what I'm saying here. Um, So anyways, uh, here's the question. Who was the catcher... For Steven Strasberg's Major League debut, who was the Washington Nationals catcher in Steven Strasburg's debut?
0: Oh, so this is a little more difficult than I thought. I mean, really. I mean my no I mean, I'm just thinking.
1: I'm just thinking. I'm thinking Here's a hint. I have his jersey. <laughs> you have his jersey. I might.
0: I mean I might not. My initial thought would have been like, all right, was it Wilson Ramos? Um, but my secondary thought is it is it like was like is it Jose Lobatone or something? But you wouldn't have a Jose, Jose Lobatone
1: That's a that's a throwback.
0: And then I was trying to think of other oh or could it be Kurt Suzuki? But was he around for Strasbourg's
1: debut? Though, or did remember you have a question? You after. have a question.
0: I <laughs> wonder if I'm like, hey, was it Kurt Suzuki? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> is uh, oh, here's okay. Here's my question. Was he part of the World Series team, the
1: 2019 team? Uh, well, seeing that Steven Strasburg's debut was back in 2010, I don't believe so. Okay. That would be a long, tenured person. Okay, okay. it's just That'd a question. That would be nine years. It's just a question. Yes?
0: Um, I'm just trying to think of... I'm spacing on Nationals catchers.
1: Mm. Yeah, those have been a lot of them. Seeing as we just got a prospect, hopefully it's the future because we don't have any other yeah. starters.
0: Nationals catchers. I mean... There's only a couple guys that are coming to mind. Like I said, like Wilson Ramos, Kurt Suzuki. But you said those are like probably past the 2010.
1: Man, this is a lot more difficult than I thought. Yeah, it was I think
0: it's just because I'm just spacing right now.
1: Yeah, you probably once you hear the name, you probably be like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, this is embarrassing. <laughs> okay, okay, I gotta, I gotta
0: come up with an answer here. All right, um, 2010. I'm just trying to think about some of those rosters back then.
1: I believe his his start was in 2010, but it might have been a 09, tw- uh, might maybe. He got drafted in 09, I think he might have been I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, that won't that doesn't matter. That's 2010. <laughs> 2010 catchers. You're right. It's going to be a situation where I'm like I know, I mean, I know the person. It's in my brain. Uh, some of those 2010 teams. I'm trying to th- trying to think of some of the other guys that would have been on those teams because it was probably like back when like Steven Sousa Jr. was in the outfield or like you know Jordan Zimmerman was in the rotation probably back then. Um, and it was I remember that game. I watched that game, like um, I was at
1: the game. Right. I remember. I remember.
0: Um. I can right.
1: tell. I'll give. I can give you one more hint. Right, if one like. more hint. Sure. Okay. I I, I could tell you one team, because he played for multiple teams, obviously, like every other catcher. Uh, I can tell you one team that he played for besides the Nats, if you Sure, sure. The Texas Rangers.
0: Oh. Well. Don't say oh when you don't know. (laughs)
1: That reaction was great. Oh, it's this guy.
0: It's not Yvonne Rodriguez, Pudge,
1: is it? Is that your answer? That's my answer. Yes, it is, it is Pudge. Okay.
0: I'll get uh, I'll get three I, coins. Three. I'll give you. I'll give you out of a, five. A
1: Third of a, a third of a coin out of five.
0: <laughs> man, it's just that's so. The, Mike, we're getting so old. That's
1: so. Long I didn't want now. to say. I didn't want to say the Marlins because that's like his other yeah, main team. Well, he played old.
0: on the Tigers too. Um. Right. Right. Man, oh, well, I didn't want to say that either. Yeah. Man, it's, we're just getting old. That's the problem. Is we're getting so separated from like the twenty ten two thousand nine. I mean, that was ten years ago. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. If you remember that, that season that Strasburg started, and I guess the seasons that Pudge was on, I think he was only on the team for two seasons. Yeah, he wasn't
0: around much. Yeah,
1: He he caught every single one, if I'm not mistaken, of Strasburg's um Makes of sense. Strasburgs because he was uh, a start
0: at that point. So it was like, yeah, have God Pudge. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause yeah, Pudge bounced around a little bit, but... Still was always a... I
1: have his jersey. I have his jersey in the old that's awesome. Nats Juni. Yeah. that's awesome. I love wearing that's, that.
0: That's cool. I, I, that was a good question. That was a good question. I like that. Um, let's head up the money line. Okay. Where you and I both, I believe, went 500 last week. I looked at the, the stuff earlier. I think you got the Olympic basketball one. But then you didn't pick the Tigers win right, because was that the, <laughs> the Tigers? The, yeah, the it was one the one game win. that the Tigers lost in that series, I think. Um and then I picked I went one and one as well. I picked one of the soccer games was right. I picked the DC United win. And then yep. the other game was a tie,
1: unfortunately, yeah, which
0: draw, yeah. is still a loss when it comes to our bets. So uh my picks this week. I am going to go let's let, let's make this real quick. Yeah. Let's
1: make this the ending of this will be week one of the NFL season before yes. we have to restart.
0: Okay. That makes sense. We can't just go on forever with these. <laughs> it's um, like, okay, when's this going to end? All right. So my lock for this week will be Tigers over the Orioles tomorrow. Uh, okay. Casey Mize on the mound, which is kind of a 50-50 these days. But I'm betting that he gives this team a good start, and they're they're playing the Orioles. So, um, And then my upset, <laughs> I'm going soccer again. I'm going Vancouver over San Jose. I think Vancouver's like a 10 seed. San Jose's like an 8 seed. Um you know hey it's it's soccer it's mls yeah. on friday i will that that will be I've, I've been getting some of those soccer picks right so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with that vancouver over san jose is my well, hopefully
1: casey Myes can get you a w unlike me <laughs> yeah. um That's so That's my true. lock you bet on Mize. yeah yeah my lock would be the wft minus two so they have to win by three over the pats on thursday now it's kind of stupid. You don't really bet on preseason because you never yeah. know what's going to happen. Uh, but I think when you look at the quarterback competition for the second spot for the WFT, um, and also just the quarterbacks overall for the Pats, who are all terrible pretty much right. for the most part, uh, I think that you know Fitzmagic might not even play, uh, but we'll see what he, what he might do. I think he might go out there for maybe a couple series or something like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe. Um, but looking at it, uh, I think that they can actually go out there and win by three. Um, that's going to be my lock this week. And then my upset is Nats over Braves on Friday. Like so this it. coming Friday, Josiah Gray on the bump once again. He already beat the Braves once, got the best of them, 10Ks. I think he'll go out there. And I'm not saying Josiah Gray's going to get the, the the win because he's only pitching five innings, which so tons of stuff can happen to the Nats uh, the last four innings of a game. Uh, but I think that the Nats will win just outright over the Braves on Friday with Josiah Gray on the bump.
0: I like the pick. I'm 18-18, and 18. Mike's 19-17. and 17. I'm still trying to catch up to him and maybe take a lead, but he's still uh, up a game so far. And, uh, yeah, like we said, we'll be watching some – Washington football team uh, first preseason game on Thursday. That'll be fun. We'll break down the game a little bit next week and also talk about the other positional previews. We'll obviously update you on the latest on the Nats at the time and any other news that breaks on the Wiz. I'll, I'll probably check out some of the summer league game for the Wiz. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about that about that as well. And then, uh, yeah, we're moving closer and closer to football season. So look forward to that, where the great part about when we typically record the show is on on Sunday evenings is the fact that during the football season we can give you our rapid reactions pretty much to the or Washington preview, football yeah. team's games um, and, and, and preview for the following week. So that's going to be a lot of fun during the football season. We'll have some uh, new advertisers as well for the football season, too, starting in September. So uh, a lot of fun stuff on the show. Follow it on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16. You can always uh, please uh, subscribe and rate and review to the podcast as well. We appreciate that. And uh, look out for some, some potential guests, possibly, next month, too. We tried to have one on for today. didn't work out. But that's, that's the biz, man. Um, that's but, the biz. Uh, we'll try again another day. Um, Mike's got to oh, go. download with, the Contender app. Yes, download the Contender app. Uh, thank you for reminding me, Mike. Um, oh, you're, you're welcome. That's the contender for. with a K, and also you can stream the show live uh, on that app uh, as it airs on Tuesdays and Thursdays and all that good stuff. Uh, Mike's got to go off and win another World Series. Are you going to start over with a new team, or are you going to keep this one going and go through the off season? What's the thinking?
1: See, see, this is the thing is that when I was doing uh, a little bit of the off season stuff, which takes forever it to does. do— um, when I did a bunch of different trades and I trade off, I basically did a fire sale, but I ended up fire selling a lot of guys that had expiring contracts sure. and things of that nature. Um, and I got some prospects. I got Casey Mize, by the way. Mm. I got Alex Manoa from the Blue Jays. Right, right. And I got I got a, a new revamp system. Uh, I signed some free agents uh, on the offseason. So I'm debating right now if I should just say screw it and just start a whole new thing. Or go out and try to do another campaign because I ended up building this team. It's kind of like what I usually do for like Madden and stuff like that. Even though I don't play Madden that often anymore, I usually go out there and I try to get all these young studs. And I'm like, and I'm gonna have this for you know two or three seasons. Yeah. And I'm gonna try to build some World Series. But then all of a sudden, I'm like, ah, I don't really feel like playing anymore because it's a World big Series. time but commitment,
0: you know. Yeah, and it's hard. It's tough like, to c- start over every year or two. That yeah. sort of thing. Because
1: I got Raphael Devers, I got Alec Bohm, I got a bunch That's of different solid guys. Squad. That are- yeah, I, my well, my squad is, is is pretty pretty nice, pretty nice. Because I mean, I got I got new. Like I guess, I got Casey Mize, who was didn't he wasn't my playoff roster, but I had Alex Manoa, who who, who did really well in the playoffs. Uh, I got uh, Jared Weaver from um uh from the Diamondbacks, something like that, to be my long my long reliever uh, and stuff like that. So I actually have a really good squad, but I'm just. I'm having to resign everybody because they're in arbitration. They're all this kind of stuff. Oh, once so. you start
0: getting into like the minutia of like the contracts and all that stuff, yeah. the payroll it gets gets a little much. All, all all we care about is the hardware, Mike. Just win that World yeah. Series, bring it home uh, to 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 good old DC yet again. Um, yeah, that is uh, if you want to play play th- or Xbox with Mike. I'm sure he'll <laughs> give you his gamertag if you shoot him a DM uh, at at Cerrone16. Right. And we got to figure out some crossplay stuff because I don't. They only let you play like home run derbies. I don't. I don't know why they. no. Or, or yeah, I thought. Or you can just do I, exhibition I, games, but that's it.
1: But I thought. I thought that we were going to be allowed to actually, like I said before, do a connected franchise. or Something I know. like that.
0: Uh, maybe. Maybe next year's game. I don't know. Who knows. Um. But anyways, <laughs> that is Mike Cerrone I am Ben Sims and we will see you next week. This has been another episode of the DC Crossing.